Welcome back to the Modern Old School Training Podcast. I'm Aaron King, joined today again by Coach Bob King. And today's topic is about your training and how it leads up to or correlates with game day. Right. Uh, and so we were talking a little bit about this earlier, about how you have uh, your your game day is 100% effort. And so it's kind yep. of just like a really intense workout. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and so, but we, we treat it like this, almost put too much hype around it. Because yes. I know me personally. Uh, when I was playing, I, I, I tried so much to save it for the game. Right. But then I had dead legs. I had like just I felt heavy. Yes. And it was kind of I should have stayed almost in the intensity oh, yeah. in the buildup. Well, there's one thing we know from the beginning, and that is athletes warm up before they play. Well, the reason for that is muscle works better at a higher temperature. And when I was coaching, I used to always tell my guys, let's get a little grease pumping. And that just meant uh, let's break a sweat because that way you know the internal temperature is where it needs to be and you're going to work better. After you've practiced and trained in off-season and throughout the week, your body is ready for an extended about, an extended amount of effort. And so uh, just real quick, like you said, when we design training programs in season, we count as the competition as 100% effort. So when we're counting out workouts, there's a max effort. What that does now is leads us to the question about, well, when's the last day of the week I should work out before my event, my competition? Well, we say whenever, whenever time will allow you to work out and get to where you have to go, if you have to travel or anything like that. So it started off with, uh, I'm going to play tomorrow. I, I don't want to work out today. Well, we had to go through the process of saying, that's, that's not 100% true. And a lot of it had to do with language, not just the, the actual workout itself. So when athletes would come in, we'd say, look, we're going to work out today because you're going to be in competition. You may be traveling like with baseball and tennis that are on extended trips. We don't want the last workout and the next workout to be six, seven, eight days away from each other. So by working out the day of travel and before the game, we connect it to the next workout as well. That's one item. Second item is how do we explain it to the athletes so they understand this is not going to mess you up. So we came up with the concept or phrasing of non-adaptive training. You go to the weight room or you go to the track and you're going to work out at a high enough level to cause the body to have to adapt. That's going to require rest. So if I work out today on the, on the weights, I'm not going to come back for two days unless I have a split routine and work out while I recover. We don't do that before competition. So to tie the day before and the day of competition together, we say non-adaptive training. For example, if we do, a, a, say, a rotation of six exercises, three sets, eight to ten repetitions. Well, if on a non-adaptive, we're going to do two rounds, two sets, eight to ten repetitions, maybe 10 or 15 pounds less than what you would work out with. Your body's familiar with it. It doesn't have to recover. It doesn't have to uh, go through the shock phase. And so what you're doing is linking workouts together, keeping the muscle tone and strength level where you want it, and you go compete. Yeah, and that, that's, I think it's the day before is the big thing. But then it's also the day of. So uh, we, we, I started shifting my schedule a lot, and I've seen a lot of different guys, you know, tinker with different things. Right. Some guy, I mean, there's there's some freaks out there. They're, they're hitting the weights. But it might be light to them. It looks heavy to me. Yeah. Uh, but a day before was the big thing, not, being too, not resting too much. And the day of. Now, this is where it's interesting to see. Uh, I, you know, I was a long snapper in football, so it's not like I didn't have that much to do during the yeah. game. I stood, stood around a lot. That was tiring. That's but, tough. No, but. <laughs> I basically stopped warming up uh, when you get to the field, and I saved it like mm -hmm. just for pregame because I noticed I was getting too much of a workout in yeah. in a warm up, and I go to the locker room, cool, cool down, down, and mm -hmm. I came out just just tired. Yeah. But 
I saw guys like when we played Memphis, D'Angelo Williams, he ran I don't know how many miles around the football field yeah. and then went off for about 250, 260 against yeah. us that, net, that day. So you see some guys that have that kind of aerobic capacity. Mm-hmm. I was more, you know, obviously short, you know, aerobic stuff. Guy. Yeah. So yeah. it it impacts you differently. And, and that's kind of where I, I, I really want, I, I tell athletes to pay attention to their warm up, not to yes. get too much in before the game. Right. And then cooling down. So can you touch on kind of how to approach the pregame? Know your body. Know what you can do. And, uh, you know, and that's you have to because we all have, as coaches, a general warm-up session. Everybody lines up and we go through the stretch and all that. And you just learn things. And so I know that uh, I was with the Dallas Burn Major League Soccer team for a number of years. And I had lots of players from all over the world, you know, international. And so what I found is I knew I had to come up with something to answer concerns. of like, Bob, we do not stretch enough. I go, yes, we do. And so what I did is I went through my, you know, we do our, our, a jog, a long jog, actually. And then I take them through a, you know, scripted stretch. And then just because all these players had their thing, I would say, all right, you got three minutes to do what you think you need to do. And that way, everybody was happy, but everybody was different. And so if you go through sport to sport and go to most, especially the major league games, uh, and when I say games, I don't care if it's football, baseball, uh, it's football season here now. And so uh, before the game, you see wide receivers and quarterbacks running routes and throwing balls. Well, save it. No, they're, they're high-level athletes used to a lot of volume. And in fact, in a game, if they go three and out, there's not much to do. And they already know ahead of time, we're probably going to, let's say, run 85 plays. Not all of those are pass plays, so they know how to quantify how much they can do before it becomes a detra- uh, detraction. Okay, so that's the before. What about the guys that are – well, there's two. Some guys, the bench players, getting a workout yeah. during, so uh-huh. soccer specifically. Yes. Um, but then the guys getting a workout after the game, both the bench players and some starters. So they were just talking the other day, showing some footage uh-huh. of Jalen Hurts getting it in after he went off for like 500 yards. So the guys getting workouts after a game. Well, what we don't fully know, I mean, we kind of do, but scientifically we don't know where's your limit. You know, you, unless you just push it to the limit to where you're, you know, you can't take another step. Most athletes work out at a high level hard enough that the game is easier. You know, uh, that's what offseason is all about. We're going to make, you know, winter workouts in football such a grind that practice and games are easy. And I know when I played in the 70s at, at Tech, we had we had spring workouts and, and fall workouts. It's like <laughs> anything after this is going to be easy and so they've already built that into the system and so when they go out and uh, back to the the pro game uh, when Mavericks were uh, not getting 20 minutes on the court in the game you're with me after the game Uh, and then we had one once in a while a starter would come out and he might not have the minutes he wanted so he would get the extra they want to be ready to play beyond what they're used to playing you know, so uh, there's always overtime possibilities. There's always like, uh, you know, if, if I'm so good that I ha- make you go three and out in football all the time, I'm going to get all the reps. So we don't want to play or condition to a point of, okay, this many game, this many reps or plays or minutes in a game. We want to play beyond that. And so overtime, no problem. The NBA fascinates me because the schedule is so different than the NFL mm-hmm. or just football and basketball are just so different. Football, it's you have a very, you know, weekly, it's a routine, you know, you know what your Tuesdays and Thursdays are kind of going to look like. Traveling is a very uh, variable there. With the NBA, you have the 82 games, and 
that's where you have to kind of you, you got to manage the middle of the season, get ready to you know get ready for the playoffs. So how do you, how do you balance that over the course of you have these little cycles of we might have back to backs, we have travel, uh, but then we also have several months that we have to sustain. It's very difficult. Uh, I know that my biggest challenge was the bench players. My first five or six guys, they're going to they're gonna have minutes. Uh, uh, when we travel in the NBA, we can't always be sure that the visiting city is going to have the weight room we need to, to maintain strength. And so that was always a huge challenge. So hopefully when we, we got home for a lengthy homestand, I got my bench players going as much as I could. I mean, we ran before practice. Uh, we'd have usually a team conditioning. And so we just kept them moving because the road was a killer in the NBA because uh, everybody knows the third day rule. You wake up, go to the hotel uh, drawer and find the Gideon's Bible and say, welcome to San Francisco. Okay, that's where we are tonight. And so uh, it was. it's always real tough to do that because you play, go to the airport, fly to the next city, get up, and hopefully you're in a city where there is a, a facility I can run my programs with the players. Look, I think that those are starting to pick up now uh, yeah. with some of the new facilities that are that are, that are yes. popping up every day. So the next thing, now any parent who's hearing this thinking, well, I need to run my kid before or after. How do, Everything we're talking about is kind of pro level, maybe college. Right, right, right. But now right. let's apply it to the youth athlete where you can have burnout and overtraining and those things that kind of can kick into a, a developing athlete. Well, we, we've always borrowed from – other sports. So in track and field, uh, they have training called quality versus quantity. So if I'm coaching a 1600, 3200 meter runners, we're going to go out and run 30, 40, maybe 50 minutes and get that quantity in. Uh, and then speed days, we want to get the quality, good reps of speed and and uh, a technique and things. Well, you take that principle of quality versus quantity to the lower levels, it's really about uh, quality, you know, because if you want to say practice makes permanent, then you can't just go out and run to run and hope that, you know, things are going well because techniques break down and, and become permanently bad until they're corrected, of course. But with the younger ones, get them. Uh, I know I always recommend doing like a timed amount of, of practice or training. You have 30 minutes, and at the end of 30 minutes, you're done. And that way, uh, with kids, what I have done is like from up to, up to well, let's say junior high, maybe seventh grade, whatever middle school you might be in, up to that point, we're just getting exposed to training and running and lifting and, and liking it. And then in middle school, now that you're in competition, um, you're not playing anymore because they're keeping score and there's starters and non-starters and there's coaches and coaches move on as opposed to youth leagues where everybody plays, the parents are the coaches, things change in the middle school with that kind of a academic structure. So what we want them to do is get into middle school now and say, okay, uh, you're not in a formal off season in the summer, but if you want to come work out and lift and run, we can do that. Now, you move up to high school, all options are off. You will work out, you will lift weights, and you will condition, and you will work hard. And so there's a graduated approach to how this does to keep the mind interested and keep the body from being worn out. Because in my career, I've seen just enough 13, 12 to 14, let's say, year olds with overuse injuries from whatever sport they're doing or that uh, Maybe multiple sports. Well, and that becomes a big problem. And so they go from one to the next, there needs to be an off-season downtime. It's a real fine line because uh, some of the best athletes in the world played multiple sports up through high school, which I recommend. But at some point, 
uh, in this culture today, there's no off season. Every sport's got 365 days now. I mean, you can play, you know, just pick one baseball and you have your baseball season and you have fall ball and you have showcases and you have summer camp and it goes and goes and goes. There is no break. There needs to be a break. All right. Well, if you have any research or questions or anything, please uh, leave a comment below if you're on YouTube. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. He's at Coach Bob King. I'm at Deep Snap. Uh, go to kingsportstraining.com to get workouts, courses, all sorts of content that supports kind of what we're doing here. If yes. you want application to get training. Um, but again, uh, we, I can't, I can't uh, urge this enough. If you are a researcher or a doctor and you know uh, something technical that we maybe should have mentioned or didn't mention, mm, we always want to know the latest studies or anything. So we, uh, we'd love to hear that. So reach out to us. Uh, you can always... Uh, email us as well, but just go to kingsportstrain.com, check it out. Um, but we'll talk to you next time. I'm Aaron King's coach Bob King. Thanks for tuning in.